What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hey there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am glad to have you with us for yet another story to be told. Tonight's guest, well, it could be tonight, today. I'm not sure what time of day you're going to listen to this, but whenever it is, our guest is Andrew Berger. Andrew, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. Definitely. I'm excited that we're finally making this happen. And without further ado, I'm going to jump to that first question and get us going. Man, tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, I was a former fat guy, but um, I'm a little bit of a different story. Um, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at um, the age of three, about 26 years ago. And um, doctors told me, you know, you can live a normal life, eat whatever you want, just give insulin for it. And, uh, you know, that was working to, uh, to a certain extent for some time. I mean, working in uh, quotes. And uh, again, I was a happy young person in my young life, um, early, you know, teenage years. And um, in my college days, right around my graduation of college, um, I I was diagnosed with celiac disease and um, things started to get a little bit more problematic with my type 1 diabetes. And, uh, and before and, we get too far into it, Andrew, can you do me a quick favor and let people know what type one diabetes is? Because I, I, oh, yeah. I honestly feel like a fair number of people listening are going to have a good idea of type two, but yeah, type, I mean, type that's one a, is clearly that's a great different. Question. And I, I, yeah. I, so type one is an actual autoimmune disease. Um, technically you can't reverse it, which I am, uh, we'll get into later of how I'm trying to change that outcome and that thought. But um, usually, at a, most people get it at a, a early age. Some people will get it later on, which is called LADA, which is a um, uh, basically the adult version of type one, not as common. And uh, so, what happens is your pancreas gets attacked and can't produce insulin. And um, so, with type two, it's you know you're overproducing insulin and making up for the food that you're eating in a layman's type of, in layman's terms. But, um, you're, you know, with type two, it's, it's more through, it's a, it's a pretty much, I would say it's a hundred percent reversible. You know, when it's not reversible, I would say it's, it's at the stage of type one. And, uh, so my, basically in a, in a really easy and short, concise way to put it, I can't produce insulin. And uh, I get all my insulin through injection. And that's pretty much the easy way to put it. So, um, again, so what was happening was, again, I was diagnosed when I was three. By eight, my, my mid-20s, 
I started to see um, a real uh, deterioration. And this is where my why, I like, to, I like to use this term, like, what is your why? I hear it a lot, but I like to, you know, for me, um, I saw a real deterioration in the quality of my life. And um, I've always had high blood sugars since, I mean, I have charts in my house still that show from 2002. I was 12 and um, I had an A1C of 8.3. And that was normal for many, many years, 15 to 16 years of that. Um, so I went for a routine eye appointment and I was on vacation, at, which doesn't sound like much of a, a vacation going to an eye doctor. But uh, I, I live in California now. I'm originally from New York City. And uh, all my doctors were in New York for a good amount of time because when you know you don't know who to go to in a new city, you tend to go back. So I would delay my doctor's visits, and I didn't go for an eye visit for years. And um, the eye doctor said, "Oh, everything is great." And then there was this one test we did, and I'm sitting there with my mother in the waiting room, and he comes out and he says you better come here, mom, you're going to want to hear this. And um, he said, Andrew, you have the Michael Jordan disease of blindness. Obviously, everyone knows Michael Jordan, and he's arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, and he was just saying that type 1 diabetes is the number one disease that gets, like, you know, has the, the, the best ter- deterioration for uh, an eye problem. And uh, he said, there's some people that um, get this and they figure out a way to make the best out of their life. And there's some people that um, fail and live a terrible life. And he just said, good luck. And I walked out that office, that doctor's office and I was crying for 20 blocks walking and I think I, st- I mean, I think I was upset because I really didn't know what to do. And you would think you would try to do everything you can to find out what was going on when you hear that stuff. And I did and a little bit. I eventually got a CGM right after that. And my CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor, would ring off 250, 300 all the time. And I just hated actually seeing that number all the time. And while this is all going on, still not knowing what to do about my eyes and how to cure it, uh, I gained 50 pounds from in that in that first year of my new job in LA to um, August of 2018. Now that eye appointment was in May of 2018, and I was just gaining weight. And I'll I'll say, I mean, I was 203 pounds, which might not sound like a lot, but at five foot five, it's about 60. 70 pounds overweight. So um, now with just the, not just the weight gain, I had, a, um, I was really depressed. I needed daily naps. Since I was 14 for 12 years, 13 years, I needed a nap every single day for at least two hours 
no matter how long, how much I slept the night before. If I slept 12 hours, I would need a two-hour nap. There was something wrong, going wrong, and I didn't really understand it. I just thought that's how life is. Uh, I was getting, you know, yellow teeth. They were turning green, and I had a binge eating disorder and a chronic carb addiction. I would, in the middle of the night, whatever was in the fridge, I would ransack like a mouse, a rat. It was raccoon. It was crazy. I mean, I remember, uh, like I I had such like I loved cheese, and I would just. If there was a new package, I would go through the entire package in a night. Um, and that's like a pound and a half of cheese in, in 10, 15 minutes, maybe less. So what happened was I went, eventually I went on Weight Watchers for the third time. The first time I did Weight Watchers, I lost 50 pounds. It was in college, and I was 19. So I've been dieting way before anybody in my age group was, you know, started. And uh, I was in college. It took me about a year, two years to lose the weight. I mean, I was really focused. And I ended up gaining the weight back plus 10 pounds more. And I would keep trying this. I've been on Weight Watchers four or five times. So every time I would go back on it, I would try it. A week and a half later, I'd fail and quit because it was getting harder and harder each time to lose weight, which makes sense because we hear about um, you know, you sl- when you lose weight in a in a seco way, which is calorie in calorie out, um, you start sh- you you um, slow your metabolism down to a point that has to work ten times harder each time. So that's why it was getting harder. So in August two thousand eighteen, this is the final time I went on Weight Watchers, and uh, I was going to the gym six days a week. I was really trying. Um, I probably lost about five pounds doing Weight Watchers in about two months, but the way I, how hard I was working wasn't enough. And um, I was going through my music, listening to the same music every day. I started getting tired of it. And I said, you know what? I should get into podcasts. It would be a good time to listen to a fitness podcast. So I found a, a, another podcast and a low carb podcast and this guy's talking about which i never heard of low carb which is sad as a type 1 diabetic you would think they would tell you to eat low carb and um i found a low carb podcast by accident looking up for a fitness podcast not realizing my life would change forever so you know this guy's talking about uh he's gonna eat six eggs and a steak for his breakfast for his birthday, for his birthday breakfast, and I said steak. You know, we can't eat steak. It's it's going to kill us. So, going through all these episodes, I get to this Weight Watchers episode. He's, this guy's talking about Weight Watchers and how much of a joke it is. The minute I heard that episode, I called Weight Watchers up, hung up the, and I said, "I'm canceling it, and you'll never hear from me again." So, um, we're here now in August 2018. And um, I start the, a basically a st- extremely strict ketogenic diet. It was basically down to 10, 10 15, 15 carbs max, but more like 5 to 15, 15 carbs a day, basically. And I was eating meat and eggs, cheese, um, you know, high, high fat, uh, a high fat diet. And 
I lost like 20 pounds in two months, which was incredible. Um, I saw a surprising drop in blood sugars. I was running from, you know, from the 150s, 200s, 250s to, you know, I was down to the 90s, 100s, 120. I was, I wouldn't say 150, but let's say if, if I was at 250, I was always running in the 100s. And that was a huge win for me. My insulin had to drop drastically. I went down from six. I'm now at about 15 units of basal a day, but I was at 60 units of baseline insulin. Basal insulin is like your baseline insulin just to live without food. You're fasting to, to protect your fasting glucose. Um, so I went down like 45 units to the to today, and I'll go through what's going on today, but I went down 45 units in insulin, which is a huge number. Um, so again, I started low carb in October of 2018. I cut out all processed foods. December 2018, uh, I found out about Jason Fung, and I started fasting at least 16 hours a day. Um, and then in July 2019, I went carnivore. I found out about a guy named Sean Baker, which... I'm sure people that are listening have heard of and um, said, hell, this guy has been doing it for two years. He's not dead. I'm going to try. I've basically cut everything else out. Why not go for this? So I ended up going carnivore now about a year, about a year ago. And in August 2019, I did a seven-day fast, which probably my doctors wouldn't fall off of the chair hearing that as a type one diabetic. Um, but I ended up doing a seven day fast, which was an incredible experience. If anyone thinks about doing a really long fast, I truly recommend these. Um, I felt like I was on vacation without being on vacation. Um, I didn't think about food. I just thought about living and it was a great, I think that helped me reverse my carb addiction. Um, so I'm, just recently, in the last two months, I went to beef and water only, and um, my blood sugars are even better now. And I'm eating one meal a day, and I eat about two pounds of beef and mostly ribeye, ribeye steaks. So that's the food portion of it, and the the fasting portion. I also exercise. Um, I think the one of the greatest quotes that every human being should hear that's trying to lose weight or just just living honestly is you can't outrun a poor diet. I I thought that when I heard that for the first time, I thought that was a genius quote because you see so many people these days who are not they they're they're trying to lose weight, they're spending hours in the gym but they're not eating right. And you can't lose weight without eating right. If they say 70% of the diet is is food and and, and 30% is exercise, I would say it's more 90-10. I, I really do believe that. And I, I just don't think people, you know, everyone wants to lose weight. Every, you know, people that want to lose weight, they're doing it completely backwards. So I always like to hit that point home. Um, now. I'm not, I'm five foot five. I'm not jacked. Um, I only exercise two times a week for 15 minutes. Now I do some activity. I'll walk every day. 
Um, I hike, but actual strength workout is, uh, it's, I do a program called SMART, uh, Slow Maximum and Response Training. And it's, uh, it's basically a high-intensity workout, not high-intensity interval training, but high-intensity workout. Um, when I, the way I tell people is, I, like today I did, I did my workout. And uh, when I first was doing leg press, I was doing 75 pounds. Today I did 175. And um, I, you know, what I do is you, you do as many reps as possible, as slow as possible, up to a, anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute and a half. And I, I every, every uh, all eight exercises that I did, I hit a, a PR today, which was awesome. So uh, working out smart is, uh, is incredible. And the guy I found this out from, his name is Dr. Ben. He's been training people for 45 years like this. He actually has a 90-year-old who was in terrible shape now lifting you know, lifting weight. So, you know, I'm, I, I love the gym and, and, uh, but, you know, I think every, a lot of people's favorite part of the gym is leaving. And, um, I, I, I was definitely one of those, those people. Now my relationship with the gym is I can't wait for my two workouts every week and get that physical uh, activity every day. Um, you know, tomorrow I might just do 150 push ups in the house. So, you know, I'm still working out, but I just make it fun, is how I put it. Um, it's, if we fast forward to today, um, this is where it gets good. That um, Again, I told you I was in August 2018, I was 203 pounds at 5'5". Five five. Um, I'm now 70, it's, it's, exact, it's about 77 pounds down. Uh, around there, actually, I don't know if that's exactly the number, but uh, I'm I'm now 131, so I'm pretty lean. I actually had an appointment with my doctor today, who said, and he's a he's a low carb guy. Um, I really recommend if you're on a low carb diet, find a doctor that's low carb that that believes in it. Um, loved he loved all of my uh my markers. He said. You're becoming a lean mass hyper responder. I never thought I would ever hear those words in my life, lean mass and hyper responder. But um, my this is where it gets good. My A1C, which is a three-month blood sugar glucose average, it went from a 8% in 2018 to now a 4.9%, which is basically non-diabetic range. And when I saw that number about two weeks ago, I actually cried because I've never seen a number like that in my life. They never thought it was possible. See, doctors told me it was never would never happen. I'm um, down 45. I I think I was about 47 percent or 48 percent body fat when I started this uh, way of eating in um, August of 2018. I'm now down to 17 percent body fat. Uh, which is considered an athletic body fat for a male my age. My blood sugars now run from 65 to 95 most of the time, which is a normal range for a regular person. Um, now, 
some people are probably thinking, well, what about the eyes? So I had an appointment last week and my eye doctor called me and said, keep doing what you're doing because I don't want to see you for six months. I used to have to go back to the eye doctor every month. Um, and it was, he said, I don't need to see you for six months. Your eyes are, are getting much better. I don't think you need retinopathy shots, which, which are shots that they put in your eye to, to reverse, you know, I think it's basically the maculars are, um, are like, they're basically shifted. And like, I have 2020 vision, which is crazy, but my eyesight, it, basically the maculars are off. So I'm not seeing things um, that are like in small print and that is now starting to come back and get better. I no longer need daily naps. My teeth have gradually just gotten whiter. I cure my depression. Some people say I look younger. I'm part of the bald head crew now. So Gorm, you know, I'm part of the team. <laughs> and uh, my relationship with food has changed to such a great place. I mean, going from a carb addiction to, uh, am I hung? No, I'm not really hungry. I'll eat later or I'm not hungry. I'm going to fast. It's just such a freeing, um, liberating, you know, type of uh, scent. You know, just having that, that is just so incredible to me. I mean, I was eating every second. I know, Gourmet, you probably were too, you know, whenever you were bored, whenever you didn't know what to do, you weren't sure if you were hungry, you, you know, you ate. And I was there. So, um, that's pretty much my story up until now. Yeah. And I, there's so much in there, man, that I, I think is, is powerful. And there, there's probably some people listening who are saying, so, especially when you first said, you know, you were a little over 200 pounds and you know, there's going to be some people out there that are like, are used to guys coming on the show that are starting at 500 or 600 or 400 pounds, you know, and. And, and it's funny because like when we first connected, I was like, I want to get him on the show, but I know your story is different. And I think it's important for people to hear different stories because your weight, you know, as much as you, you struggled with it, you know, somewhat during college, you know, you had some gains that happened later in life and, you know, still saw that struggle and it paralleled with, you know, type one diabetes. And I've talked to some guys, you know, on, on here before that had type two and have helped, you know, kind of help themselves with, with their type two issues. But the thing I think that we hear most like headlines and, you know, if you're, you are someone who's kind of aware in the health community is that when you, when you're diagnosed with type one, like there's really nothing you can do that's going to change anything. So, you know, and I, I've got several family members that so, some, two of my cousins are, are type one diabetic and I, I see what they, what they go through, um, you know, on a daily basis and the, the struggles that they have and the challenges that they face. And uh, it's, it's a different experience obviously than, than type two, like, because like you said, and this is one of the things that I, I think I've said before on the show that sometimes gets me in trouble with people. You know, realistically type two diabetes can be cured by changing what you're eating and moving your body. Like, I don't think you, you should be getting in trouble for well, that. That's, that's, that's the I truth. Don't, I don't think so either. I think it's, I think it's a hundred percent the truth, but I think it's something a lot of people don't want to hear. Because no one wants, you know, you don't want it. It's that it's the same reason why I didn't want to hear that, you know, my things could change in my life if I changed what I ate, you know, my health could change like, 
but it's I the think hard way. No one wants to hear the hard truth. Of course and, not. And hard of way to course do not. And I, and I think what's really interesting about your story is, you know, as a type one diabetic, you've seen benefits from adopting a ketogenic diet and then a carnivore diet that kind of go against what a lot of people would say. Because honestly, like I've even had people say, you know, if someone, you know, someone has type one diabetes, they should never even consider going keto because they're going to end up, you know, destroy, you know, they're, they're never going to be able to get the insulin figured out and they're never going to be able to figure out the best way to take care of their health. And they're just going to end up screwing themselves over in the end. And so that's why when I first kind of ran across your story, I was like, this is someone who clearly has figured it out in a way that is making it work for him and is making it work for his health in a really positive way. And one of the things you started to touch on that I'm curious about, though, in the middle of all this is like, have you been with the same doctor this whole time? Or like, did you ever, like, how did you first have a discussion with a doctor about changing your diet this way? Like, did you get any pushback? Like, what was that like? Um, well, I do see an endocrinologist, which is basically a diabetes specialist in the layman's terms. Um, and because I saw the, the A1C going down, they saw the, the weight going down, they, they just told me to keep going with it, which was surprising. I think if I saw a general practice doctor that didn't believe in the way of eating, you know, they would have been like, are you kidding me? I mean, one person in the diabetes practice was like, you're going to get ketoacidosis. I was doing something for Whole30 at that point. Like I said, I've tried almost, I mean, I did Weight Watchers five times. I did a vegan diet for a month, which was miserable. Um, I did Whole30. And Whole30, I felt the best on before go, finding the ketogenic, uh, a ketogenic diet. Um, and I remember telling the the nurse practitioner at the diabetes center and they told me you know she she told me you, you can't do that you're gonna you're gonna go into ketogenic uh ketoacidosis and i i i regretfully stopped that and i felt the best on that and um um i guess that was the only pushback but my whole thing was the more every day i was i was studying um, I was studying this space, the low carb space, because I didn't want to diet again. And, um, you know, now the first time I got my A1C down to a five, five, my diet doctor walked in the room and goes, he said some, um, uh, he definitely cursed a few times in a good way. He was like, what are you doing? This is incredible. So I knew I had, once he said that, I said, oh, this is, a, I, I got this on, I got this locked down. This is perfect. This is good. Um, but um, I haven't, I actually haven't, I, I eventually found other doctors um, through the low carb space. Recently, uh, I don't know if you know Dr. Gary Sh uh, Schliffer. He's something with the sapien diet group and evolve and i f saw him at a conference near my um near where i live and he was like yeah i'm in i'm i'm near i'm 15 minutes from you i'd love to have you as a patient and that's when i became uh his patient and today he was a doctor i had um we did a zoom call to go over some lab work and he just couldn't believe it so that's why i say find a doctor in this space because 
they're going to be your best and biggest supporters. When I found the right people to help get me through this journey, you know, I'm a, you know, Dr. I don't know if you know Brian Lenskis, but uh, Brian's become a really close friend of mine. And there's times I'll just text him and say, hey, what do you think about this? And just say, oh, you're good. And that's why I say having the community, people like you are so incredibly important because they're going to get us through this journey. We're all in this together. You know, that's why when you were like, would you come on the show? I'm like, of course I would come on the show. It's about pushing the message. It's about helping others. And maybe my message is, you know, doesn't reach as many people because my disease, you know, I don't have a disease that populates 50% of the population, but it's good to know, you know, I was, even though 203 pounds doesn't sound like a lot, I'm looking at a picture of me right now from my notes and I just, I was carrying a lot of weight for my size. I, and it, it could have gotten to three or 400. I was just lucky to find this sooner than that. That's, that's all my story was, but I was going down that rabbit hole. Just, you know, I have the same things as a more, I was, I really, you know, I was getting to 400 pounds if I didn't find this out. So I just, you know, I was 29, not 39 or 40, 45. And, you know, that makes a, that makes a big difference. And I think one of the, there's a couple of things that are, that are important that I, I think make your story relevant to anyone listening. And, and one, we'll, we'll talk in the end how people can track you down and they can see pictures. Like it's clear, you know, the amount of weight that you were carrying, like is if you were 5'10", you probably would have been like, you know, 300 pounds, like relatively, like it's clear, like in terms of like how those ratios work. But I think the thing that stands out to me, like in what you're talking about, that is really important because it also resonates for me is the idea that we have this hesitancy to advocate for ourselves when it comes to medical professionals. Like we, we, we tend to see doctors as almost like babysitters or teachers and in some ways they are they're they're definitely there to educate us but teach teachers more as teachers more as disciplinarians like we see doctors as as disciplinarians and not as people who we're paying to help us and so we have a right to say to a doctor this is something i want to do or no i don't want to do that like i think that's something a lot of people run into and don't advocate themselves when it comes to medical professionals and they when they find something that is working and is helping them. And I've heard this so many times before, especially in the keto space is, you know, well, I told my doctor I was doing it and my doctor was worried that X, Y, and Z is going to happen to me. So I shouldn't do it. And I'm like, well, is your doctor an expert like in this field, like in this area or like, because they don't, they don't get the nutrition. They don't. And they get zero to at most. Some of these doctors are getting seven hours at most in their, in their time in medical school. And the sad part is, more to your point, these doctors don't research the way we do. They're busy with patients. They have 2,000 to 3,000 patients in their clinic. They have 15-minute appointments. They're 14-hour days. They're exhausted. They don't want to do more research. I don't blame them. But that's why, but that's why we're getting more and more doctors today 
that are finding the low carb space and becoming, you know, I would say addicts for the information. I mean, I'm studying this stuff. You know, I've probably done three to five thousand hours of research because it's so. Um, it's it's it's. Once I heard this great quote, it said a doctor in North Carolina, his name uh, Andy Fung. He's big on Twitter. On Twitter, he said, "Once you see the information, you can't unsee it," and that's what happens to all of us, and that's why we become. You know, that's why we now study this stuff. We love this stuff. We, we, you know, when I first met Ken Berry, Ken told me, he goes, oh, you know, you have more nutritional knowledge than your doctors. And I said, that's scary to think that way. But yeah. Oh, and I, I think it's like, like, I, cause I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about like my experience with doctors. Like I was terrified of doctors for a long time. Like it was my greatest fear all in life. Are, right? I, I ended up hospitalized with pneumonia. And during that time, they also discovered that at some point in my past, I had a heart attack and didn't know it. So I, when I finally was released from the hospital, I not only, so first, you know, I'm being seen by a pulmonologist for the pneumonia because there was some issues. They, they were trying to beat the infection in my lungs, but my lungs just weren't responding. So they had me, I had to see a specialist and he's like, so who's your general, you know, who's your general doctor? And I'm like, I don't have one. I haven't had one for decades. And he's like, well, we're finding you a doctor. He's like, I know this great new young doctor. I know he's taking patients. He's in my practice. You know, he's, he's in the building across from me. You're going to see him. And I, at that point, I was like, okay, I guess. Uh, and I also had to see a cardiologist. And so I, when I went to see this, this doctor, so I meet him. And of course, here I am, you know, I'm in my 40s. And this doctor is young, like, I felt like I was in an episode of the old TV show, Doogie Hauser. Like he's not that young, but I was a little bit like, okay, you know, he's a lot younger than me, but he came in and it was funny. He was like, he had no idea of my history or anything. And, you know, at this point I probably was like 150 pounds down and here he is just seeing this guy who's like 350 pounds and is probably thinking he needs to, to start talking to me about weight loss. And I was kind of like, well, hold up. Let me, let me tell you my story before we, we go too far. And I, in the past from talking to other people had kind of heard, you know, avoid saying, saying the keto word with your doctor until you know, you can talk to them about it. Like, cause they're going to be a little afraid. So I, I said low carb to him and it, it was funny because he wanted to do blood work, obviously. And he said, we'll have to schedule an appointment for your blood work when you can be, you know, 12 hours fasted. And I said, well, I'm coming up on 24 hours. And he immediately like his eyes lit up and he was like, do you, do you intermittent fast? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I love intermittent fasting. I tell all my uh, patients you, to intermittent fast. He's like, this is awesome. Tell me real, real quickly, when you heard him say, I love intermittent fasting, you knew you got him, right? Oh, like, completely, completely. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay. So then I, that, we kind of dove a little bit. I didn't, again, still hadn't really said keto to him, but I had said low carb and we talked a little bit more. And so I had all my blood work done and everything came back really great. And he was really happy with it. And because I was a new patient, I had to see him in six months. So when I go back to see him for the six month appointment, he now looks like a kid who has like a steak, a secret to tell. Like he comes in and he's very like, almost like rocking back and forth in his chair. And he's like, I've been waiting for you to come in. And I'm like, why? And he's like, cause during one of our follow-up discussions, I, I finally told him I was keto. So he comes, he comes in and he's like, I'm keto now too. I'm doing, I'm doing keto. And I'm like, you are. And he's like, yeah. 
he's like, so after we talked, he goes, I kind of started really looking into it more. And so then it just goes off into this whole, like we literally then have this like 25 minute discussion about how he's been on a strict keto diet for a month and he's lost 25 pounds and like all of this. And then, then we get to the point where he's like, we should probably get into doing your physical. Like, that's why you're here, right? Like not to talk about keto. And I'm like, well, I love talking about keto. I'm like, but yeah, we probably should get this done so I can get to work. And it was funny then because then, you know, it, it goes to the next level when we're starting to talk about things. He's like, so we're going to run a cholesterol panel again. He goes, there's some different tests I want to do this time because I really want to, I want to check on particle density for you because really, if you, if you're ketogenic, you should know your particle size when it comes to cholesterol. And that's really going to be a better marker. And then it turns out there's another doctor in the practice who basically makes it his mission to go around to every new doctor that joins the practice to say, what they taught us in medical school about cholesterol is completely wrong. Here's the books you need to read. Here's the information you need to have. And he, he was that's running great. and he was running in services on how to interpret a patient's cholesterol results to give them, you know, the ac- accurate information and to get people to get doctors at, in their practice to wow. avoid prescribing statins. And, you know, it was just wow. so you there's, got the right. Guy. Yeah. So there's like which is killing me because covid has killed my health insurance. So I haven't been able to go oh. back to see the doctor recently. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. But oh, man. It's just amazing, like to see that to be someone who is so afraid of doctors to realize that when you actually advocate for yourself, you can find doctors that are going to want to work with you and want to see you as an active participant in your health. And I think that's what comes out of your story. Like, long story short, you know, as now I've gone into like, you know, off on my own tangents, like, what I wanted to get back to is just that that's what really I think anyone listening. You know, regardless of what their challenges are, whether they're a man or a woman dealing with morbid obesity or food addiction or type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes or anything else that comes with all of those things, kidney disease, everything, you have to advocate for yourself with your doctors. You have to. And if you get a doctor that won't let you advocate for yourself, you have the right to see another doctor. And that's the thing that I think people are missing. Like, you have a right to say no to a doctor. Like you have a, I've been like, through like six doctors. Right. It, 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 you'll find the right ones when you care, you know, when you, when you do your research. And when you are knowledgeable and caring about your own health, you yeah. understand that you're putting your health in someone else's hands when you work with a doctor. So don't you want it to be someone that you feel you have, can have a trusting relationship with? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think the doctors got away, you know, they, they just gotten away with, you know, people not knowing what's going on with their health. So everyone, as long as you have a white coat, you're trustworthy. They've taken advantage of that. And I, you know, I think this, this way of uh, eating has taught me, you know, once you know the information, you could have arguments in a good way. I mean, I remember uh, real quickly, I went to a, uh, at the diabetes special uh, specialty clinic. I, um, I saw, the new nurse practitioner, that old one who told me that keto would kill me, uh, was gone. Thank God. And, um, this new one said to me, you know, there's no, that there's a study out there. And this was, I couldn't believe it. They said, there's a study out there that shows that having an A1C lower than six, that lower than six is, there's no benefit to having that. And the first words coming out of my mouth were, 
that's blank blank and uh i don't want to say i don't want to curse on this but it was um and she looked at me like i had four heads and i said who who funded the study and what does the ada have to do with it and she couldn't believe it she goes listen my my job is to tell you to report to you the information so that's bad information and i think you know with all that i wouldn't have said all that back then i mean if i didn't have the information if i didn't know you know who that studies are being funded and through this space i mean i would have probably just said yeah having an a1c of a of a six is probably good versus having a normal healthy a1c which is between 4.6 and 4.9 or 5 is the best you know i would have just taken her word for granted uh, for you know uh, it's just you got to do your own if you if you really care you'll do your own research and then some of us become addicted you know did you ever think you were going to you know become a keto star that you are i mean and run a po- have a a, a podcast and and a an amazing Instagram. I mean, I don't think you would have said that, you know, 15, 10 years ago. So, you know, it's just very interesting stuff. Oh, for sure. And you're way too kind to me, but, um, Dude, I, I think it's, imp- I, when I, you know, I found about, I found out about you. Um, Chris Bell was talking about you in a podcast and I was like, who's this gourmet guy? And then I went on your Instagram and I was like, holy blank 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 this is insane and dude like you post up pictures and it's i mean it's just your befores are nuts and then i mean it's a different person and and you did that through diet that's crazy oh and that's and that's what i think is really important like you know like you're getting to it like the power of food is the other thing that comes out like the other thing that I think is really important in, in what you're talking about, because I think a lot of times when people, especially when they talk about type one diabetes specifically, it becomes about insulin, you know, and it becomes about, you know, needing insulin and, and all of that, which is important, obviously, you know, with the pancreas basically being, you know, inoperable, like, but I, it's amazing to say that, like, to show that even knowing that you have a, you know, a a medical dependence, you can still have an impact on your health, your overall health and your well-being based on what you're putting into your body. Like you don't have to listen to that doctor that says, eat whatever you want and just bolus the proper, the proper amount of insulin. Like you can acknowledge that, like, because like, let's be realistic, like even doing that is going to have a, you know, if you're doing, if, if you're eating the crap food and just injecting enough insulin to deal with it, you're, you're going to end up with as many problems as, as a type two diabetic that's doing that. Well, like funny, you mentioned that. Um, I don't know if you've heard, you, I'm sure you've heard of him, but I don't know if all the listeners have heard of Robert Sivas, um, the carb addiction doc. I met him at a, at a low carb USA in San Diego last year. And we spoke and he said, you had type two diabetes on top of your type one. And that was incredible. I was so, I was giving out these huge boluses to myself. I mean, I would have, if it was, you know, eat a whole box of pizza, I was giving 25 or 35 units of insulin in a sitting 
just to cover that. And um, I was, I never needed that much insulin. I just thought, you know, I guess I just need more insulin now. I never thought about that. I was, because, I didn't know what insulin resistance was. I was insulin resistant to the insulin I was injecting. Right. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, that, it's, you know, you don't just have to be, we never correlate type 1 diabetics getting type 2 diabetes. We don't do that. We, you know, once you have type 1, we, it's all we focus on. But I really had type 2 on top of my type 1. I think that's incredible. Like, to, so that, that no, no other doctor told me that. And when he said that, it all made tons of sense. That's, that's what, and, and I think your education in all of this is something that really stands out. And are you, are you giving a speech soon or did you just recently give one? I know there's something that, that was, that, that did, was happening. Did, you were talking, right? Yeah, I did a presentation, uh, a virtual for low carb San Diego, their, their local meetings. They do a local meeting once a month. Um, but I really would like to, to give more of these presentations. Um, you know, because type ones are not talked about a lot. You know, type two is the is the sexy sexy thing because there's you know by twenty thirty we're going to have fifty percent of Americans will be type two diabetics. I mean, that's half our population. And I just think you know, type one has been such a you know the more I think about it, type one has been such a it's a lost thought. You know, no one no one ever. Um, you know, it's like this, it can't be reversed. It can't be this. And I do believe I've met some type ones who are eating beef only, which I've started doing and have revert, have, they don't give insulin injections anymore. I do believe type one could be reversible. I know it's a very unpopular thing to say. Um, if you tell most unhealthy type one diabetics like me before that you could actually reverse this, um, I used to get offended. We people get offended through that, but I'm starting to see a change, and I think it's possible. I really believe it's possible, and there's only one way to find out. I'm just gonna keep going and doing it. I feel like it's a good enough thing to fail at, at least. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is I'm just down a lot on insulin. I don't have to give. I don't have to give a lot of insulin. There's there's no loss if I try to do this, and you know, I I I truly believe that. Type ones need to be. Someone needs to speak for type ones, and I'm happy to do it. You know, I really just want to get the message out there. I think I'm I'm on these type one diabetic uh, Facebook groups. I'm on a few of them. I see one, some of the patients are doing great on this one, and the other ones are like, they're it's part of the Dexcom G6, which is this this the continuous glucose monitor um company. They have a group on Facebook, and it's all these sick diabetics. Everyone is. Oh, my numbers are in the threes. What is this? You know, I, I, I was at, I was at 150 or I got to 150. This is great. It's such bad information out there. We have to get the message out there and, and any help I can get to, to tell my message, I'm, I'm doing it. So. And I think what's important is like, you're not here telling everyone that what you're doing is something everyone should just go out and do, but nope. you're saying people should go out and arm themselves with information and. Absolutely. Be willing to 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 try the things that they decide that they can do when they are armed with that information. I, I think yep. too. I think too often people just see what someone else is doing and think, "Well, I'll just do that." And like, no, I, you know, obviously, you know, with 
with I think with type two, it's a little bit different. Like I've got, and I, I've even got some good friends that are are working on reversing, you know, severe type two diabetes through the use of the ketogenic right. diet, and are staying, you know, need to stay in close contact with the doctor. And I think if you're type one and you're going to try to do anything, you know, make any kind of change to the way that you're eating, you obviously need to be, you know, working with your medical professional. And that's again circles back to making sure that you have a medical professional that you can talk to safely and that you can have yeah. discussions with and you can say, I want to try to do this. You know, I've heard this information. I'd like to try to do this. And so that you approach it from a way that, you know, that is going to be safe for yourself and also, you know, yeah. from a mindful place. But exactly. So you've got all these these different things you're saying. Like you like what really so like your 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 weight is now you know, at a place where you're, you're clearly in a healthy zone, you know, you're, you're making all these kind of changes to your own health. Like what comes next for Andrew? Like what are, what is the next step that you want to take on this, on this journey of yours? So now I'm going for my licensed primary sports nutritionist and physical training certificates. Um, again, I can't believe I'm doing all this stuff. I never thought I'd be moving out to LA, which for my radio job to, um, end up wanting to do all this, uh, these fit health and fitness, uh, career goals that I've set up for myself. Um, again, I'm continuing to research low carb space every single day. Um, and, I I found a huge love for working out and, and, you know, again, working out two days a week, 15 minutes is not a big gym guy, but you know, just being physically active from living a sedentary life, my you know, the last 10 years is a lot of fun for me. So I just, you know, th that's what's going on right now. But, you know, we'll, we'll see that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting a cap on anything. No, I'll say that. And you, you've mentioned a couple of times, you, I feel like there's this, this, this other side to your life that I, I see glimpses of. Um, you know, when you post, but I, I know, I think you have a separate account that, that kind of focuses more on your on radio, music, your radio yeah. on your music life. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, but what, at first I was keeping everything so separate and, uh, just cause I didn't think people would want to hear it at first, but then I just did one post and the, and the floodgates opened. My weight loss post was the biggest reacting post I've ever gotten. And, um, now I'm telling my story on both platforms, but eventually what I want to do is, I, I mean, look, I, I've, been, I've been working in radio since I was 14 years old, um, but we evolve as people. And um, I, I really found my purpose through this. So I'm trying to build up the health, the health space for me because I think that's, you know, I always saw myself helping change the world I really believe I could do it. You know, it's all you got to do is believe as in my opinion, you know, that that's, that's really my story is never give up hope. Well, I think that, I think that's really powerful, man. And I, and I just appreciate you taking the time to share it with us to kind of hear what you've been through and, and this drive for increasing your own knowledge so that you could take charge of your health. I think just, just really inspiring for people to hear. No, thank you, man. And seriously, like you are uh, incredible. Like what you have done and the the before pictures to the after is just every time I see it, I just like lose my mind. Mm. Just like, 
I can't believe this is through food. Mm. You know, it's, you know, it's like, it's an N equals one experiment. Then there's 10 right. people that do it. Then there's a hundred, there's a thousand, then there's 10,000, there's a hundred thousand. When is it going to stop becoming, you know, you, you didn't have to go for, for, um, you, you, you did this on your, you saved yourself so much money by, by, go, by doing this way, by going this way. I mean, you are really, really incredible. So I want to say thank you again. When Chris Bell mentioned you, I said, oh, whatever. Let me look at this guy. And I said, oh, man, he wasn't lying. And, and you know, you, you've been very um, supportive of me, and I really do appreciate that. I didn't think I would ever get a response back from you. And you responded right away. I was just like, man, this guy is a real class act. So thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you. And I... I now want to find out where Chris Bell was talking about me because I didn't know that that happened. So I don't know. know where, you know, I've heard a bunch of them, but yeah. I'll, I'll try to, it might have, man, it might have been on Rogan. I don't remember. Well, um, you never, you never, you never, all these people we interact with. It's kind of amazing, the, the community for sure. Yeah, for awesome, sure. So. so, Andrew, if anyone out there does want to connect with you, like whether they have type one or not, like they just want to kind of yeah. follow your story and, and, even even pick your brain for some of this information that you have. Where do they go to find you, man? Yeah. So, um, first off, anybody. It doesn't matter. Type one, type two, type three, type four. Type. I mean, there's no type four. But um, anybody that uh, is going through this journey for their reason, I want to hear from you. So you could um, follow me, or you know, just write to me on uh, Instagram and Twitter are my main places you can send me a dm whatever doesn't matter where you wherever you feel comfortable getting to me i will make sure i get back to you my name on there is type one the number so the number one so it's t-y-p-e the number one burger spelled b-e-r-g-e-r that name was given to me by ken berry uh and uh, you can find me on twitter and instagram i'm building up a youtube channel it's not really ready yet but uh, just, you know, see what we can do on there. Um, or you can email me at type the number one burger at gmail.com. So that's type one burger at gmail.com. And I'm happy to help. I really want to help um, anybody because I had support and most of the support I got was free. And it's my job to give, you know, to pay it forward. Well, that's awesome, man. So I, I'm going to make sure that we put links to all of that in the show notes for tonight's episode uh, so that people can track you down easily, you know, and get those conversations started. I think that sounds really awesome. Now, Andrew, Thanks, man. every episode, we've got five final questions to get through. The Fat Guy Five, mm -hmm. are you ready for your run through those questions? I hope. Well, well here I we didn't go. study for this. Here we go, man. You never know. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see if anything throws you off. But question number one. Andrew, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, man. That's tough. It's got to be you, man. I think you're, you're really become a, like, uh, like I never thought that you would be this cool. I, you're, you're a huge inspiration to me. So I'm going with Gormy, man. <laughs> well, I, I have to accept it. But I don't want to accept it, but I will accept that. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very, very no, much. Definitely. Question number two, Andrew. Uh, looking at all of these things that you you faced, you know, the weight challenges and and your your type your type one diabetes. What have all of these challenges? What is a lesson you've taken from your journey? 
Never, ever, 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 ever give up. Nothing is impossible. I like it. Question number three. If you could go back in time and give yourself any advice, what would that advice be? Um, honestly, slow down. You're going to lose the weight and you're going to lose and the blood sugar. Enjoy it more. I think I didn't enjoy the process. I was so worried about the scale and the blood. I mean, mostly the scale. I was so, uh, I was just a slave to the scale. If it didn't go down, you know, if I, if it just stayed, if I plateaued, which, which, um, didn't happen very often because I was figuring out, you know, I was listening to so many uh, podcasts and, and getting so much information that I knew, okay, dairy has to go out if you're, if you're, if you're, plateau. so I like, it wouldn't be for a long time, but enjoy it because it all happened really fast for me. I wish I enjoyed the process more, but. Well, there we go. You know, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's all passed anyway, man. It's all, so here you are now. You can enjoy what's going on right now for sure. Yeah. Andrew, question number four. Tell us what is something about yourself that you love? Um, man, you know, m my ability to, to, to reach different people, I think, you know, I, I think when people talk to me, they all say the same thing. They all say, that's a good guy. So I really enjoy that people have that type of respect for me. And, um, I hold that standard to myself. So I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I would say. Nice. And question number five, Andrew, last question of the day for you. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Wow. Um, that's tough because I really, I'm seeing some abs right now. Like they're like peeking out. They're like just, just, like just a little, I've never seen these things in my life. So like every day I'm like, are they coming in? Are they coming in? And they're starting to come in a little bit and that's health and fitness. But, um, you know, that, that's really so that it's, it's not that, I mean, seeing abs shows that you're in good metabolic health. So that's really is important to me. Um, just, just honestly, just trying to, um, live in the moment as much as possible. You know, I lost a lot. I lost 30 pounds in the last four months and, um, or yeah, about no, I think it's been about six months, but old me would have looked at the situation that's going on in this world with, you know, coronavirus. And I would have said, you know, let's throw everything out the window. Let's stop dieting. Enjoy your, you know, it, it's a crazy time. And I was able to stick to it and just, um, you know, just, just being that in the moment, realizing that you're not, you know, time is the most valuable thing we have as people. I want to continue to always remember that. So I hope that, you know, in the next, you know, in the next year, whatever, whatever it may be, that I still continue to live in the moment. Nice. I like it, man. Well, Andrew, I, I want to say thank you one more time to you for coming on the show and sharing your experiences with everyone. I, I think there's going to be some good lessons in there for everyone listening. So I just thank mm -hmm. you again. Thank you. Of course. Well, thank you for having me, man. So. Of course. My pleasure, man. And I'm glad we were finally able to make it happen. We had some tech issues. Oh, I know. So we <laughs> we got through this. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I'm excited. I knew we were, man. Once we got on, I knew I, I, I said it. I told you.
See, there we go. There we go. And we're almost to the end. Now is, of course, when it'll crash or something along those lines. But I'll, I'll, I'll knock on some that. wood. I'll knock on some wood. And we're going to head on to the close. So everyone out there, you're going you're gonna to check the show notes. You're going to go connect with Andrew. And that's going to be awesome. But if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. I almost forgot my own account name for a second there. Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can also email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. If you are listening on an Apple device, please, please, please rate and review the show. That helps us get in front of other people, moves us up the charts. Uh, I think we were the number 21 health podcast in India last week, which, you know, is exciting. And I think we were 52 in Norway. So we're moving up the charts internationally, but I want to get on the U.S. charts. So rate, review if you can, share it with your friends. And hey, also remember... Go on out there and do something to amaze yourselves because you, my friends, are truly amazing people. Then come on back and join us again on the Fat Guy Forum.